In today's show, we're talking about the New York Knicks, one of those teams that I'm a known hater of. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at Basketball Monster and not Yahoo Sports Australia, not doing stuff for Yahoo Sports Australia anymore. That's finished. Oh well, I'm going to have to get that out of my head and have to get that out of the intro, but that's fine. We're here and we're ready for me to tell you that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online. Has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before? Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. As I said, I hate the Knicks. Everything about them, I hate it. Everything. Um, I'm always going to be pessimistic on them, um, irrationally so. Um, they're just a team that I hate, and all you fans who support the Knicks, I hate you even more. I don't know why people think that I'm a hater of the Knicks. You know what I hate? Dumb decisions. If, any, if a coach that I liked went there, I would like them. You know who was a bad coach? David Fisdale. You know who's a bad player? Julius Randle. You know what I said about those guys? The same thing. You know who's an annoying and bad coach? Tom Thibodeau. Who wears his teams out, but can lift the baseline of guys. You know who makes bad moves in, in free agency? The Knicks. They do it all the time. Who's got a bad owner? The Knicks. James Dolan. I don't hate them. I just try to look at them objectively. And that's what we're going to do here. In this show, well, they have they have a bunch of interesting and exciting players, but we're going to talk about that. I know that yeah, I'm still going to be labeled a hater no matter what I say. So let's talk about this New York's New York's no New York Knicks team. Before we do that, though, it's time to talk about the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Bowl warning. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> we are not far away from drafts kicking off for some of these leagues. They will start on September 29th. I think it is a lot of them. Slow drafts t- uh, kicking off, which I'm excited for. I am in the Chicago Bulls category league. I am also in a points league, but I haven't revealed which one of those yet. You'll see which one it is soon. Um, but you, if you don't know what it is, it's a 360-team league for category leagues and for points. You send an email to lofbbowl at gmail.com. In the subject line, if you want to be in the Knicks category league, you're at Knicks Cats. If you want to be in the points league, you're at Knicks Points. The rules are deta- uh, not detached, they're attached down below or in the show notes of this podcast. And later on in the show, I'll tell you something else that you can put in the body of the email that you will need to qualify for the show. Again, because I just don't want to do it so that people are just spamming that email address um, and sending it out to a bunch of people without actually having listened to the show or giving the people who listen to the show an advantage to get in there. So good luck with that. Good luck with getting those applications in. You would have seen lots of, or hopefully, if you are watching this, you might have received an application or an invite to some of the leagues that have gone already. Don't fret. There are still plenty of leagues and plenty of opportunities coming down the uh, the pike. Let's look at the schedule for the Knicks. It's not great. 48 quality games only. That's below average. But 12 back-to-backs is great. Not that Tom Thibodeau cares at all for your knees or your health or your fitness or anything like that. But if something did happen and players did have to sit back-to-backs, maybe like old mate Derek Rose, 
then there's only 12 of them. That actually might be bad that there's only 12 because it means fewer games for Rose to sit and fewer minutes for players who they probably should invest more in, like Quickly, Grimes, and perhaps McBride. Their playoff schedule is not ideal. March 19th end, it's 10 games. A 4-4-2, the dreaded two-game week in championship week. Yuck. Big yuck. Nobody wants that. That is just, that's just something you just don't like. There are a couple of teams who have that, that two-game week in championship week. It's not ideal. If you finish on March 26th, it's nine games. Yuck, even more. A 4-2-3. And if you finish on Yahoo default, it's nine games as well. That's pretty rough. 2-3-4, that two-game week in the first week of the playoffs. Again, not the greatest schedule in terms of fantasy basketball value. What are the pressure pressure points for this team? Now, I've got that up there. Is that somewhat, I don't know, over the top? Maybe. But Julius Randle did not behave well last season. Did he get punished by Tom Thibodeau? Of course not. Because Tom Thibodeau is like, you can do whatever you want. You can be a bad teammate as long as I can play you 38 minutes a night. That's all that matters. Thib- uh, Randall complained. He thumbs down the crowd, as many Knicks fans would know. He pouted and went to the locker room after a comeback victory that he wasn't a part of. He was just generally a shit bloke. Does that carry over to this season? How does he feel if the offense isn't running through him? Or will he just hijack the offense and take the ball? And run things like he has the last couple of years. Will he continue to take contested mid-ranges and give no effort on defense? Or will he fit into a role? It's huge because, if, again, if he tries to hijack things, I don't really know whether Thibodeau's got the balls to bench him. I don't know if the front office would trade him. And then that affects Barrett and Brunson and Quickly and everyone else. But if he plays it to his role, then that or plays to a role that might be better suited, then his usage goes down, his assists go down, his efficiency hopefully goes up. But I think if we're expecting 2020, 2021 Julius Randle to return, the only good shooting season of his career, I think you're hoping on something that's not likely to happen. And that's a bad, bad move. What else is um, something that impacts projections? Well, it's old mate. It's Captain Comover, Tom Thibodeau. The man with just a plentitude of hobbies and interests outside of grinding people's knees into dust. He's very stubborn. This is a man that started Alfred Payton for an entire season. This is a man that decided that putting a wing as a point guard, when you've got another, maybe not a point guard, but a younger player who was actually playing really well in Emmanuel Quickly, you've got to keep him to limited minutes as much as possible. So you can start Alec Burks a point guard or washed up Kemba Walker. Eventually, yes, he did bench Kemba Walker, but he persisted with Evan F- Evan Fournier. This man is stubborn. And that's why I look at some certain situations, like the second or the third thing I've got on this list, center minutes. I think it's distinctly possible, in fact, likely, that Isaiah Hartenstein's a better player than Mitchell Robinson. But the front office paid Robinson more, and Tom Thibodeau is stubborn. The two, two of the lowest usage players in the entire NBA who played rotation minutes last season were Robinson and Noel, Nick's centers. Now, they are not guys you want to have particularly high usage, but their usage was comical. It was like single digits. Hartenstein's not that guy, but if Thibodeau doesn't adjust, like, and he's done it before. This is the thing that's frustrating. He's done it before. He had Towns. He had Joakim Noah. Guys that you can give the ball to and let stuff happen. But will he be able to change his offense to get Hartenstein those touches? Or will he say, our centers aren't touching the ball. Please, you do the same thing. And how does he split those minutes? Does he just go 28-20? 
because that's what they paid Mitchell Robinson for? Or does he say, well, actually, no, Hartenstein's better, and we go 24-24? Everything ties in together. Randall's behavior, Tibbs' stubbornness, the center minutes. It's a lot of un- there's a lot of unknowns or a lot of question marks that can really change the overall um, impact or overall output of this team from a fantasy perspective for this upcoming season. And that's the case with a lot of teams, but at least some of these things we sort of know that they're going to happen. We just don't know how they're going to pan out. BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all of your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. You can find all of the latest football developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including all of the Week 3 action for the NFL, including your 2-0 New York football giants. And they've got the Cowboys on Monday night. Monday night football, Cowboys, Giants, and the Giants against the Titan that is Cooper Rush are two and a half point favorites. You can find that and all of the odds at Bet Online very easily, including live betting, esports, and more. You can also find out that BetOnline.net is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. So head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet Online is where the game starts. Breakout candidates. There's a few. Jalen Brunson is a breakout candidate. He is a guy that might impress, but I also would argue, and I've argued this, this is not even necessarily big fantasy breakout, but just being more in the national consciousness. Maybe he doesn't get better than where he was last season because he was really good. It's not like he's coming from a role where he played 24 minutes a night. He started most of the season. He played good minutes. He scored pretty well. And as I've made the argument before, yes, he's away from Luka Doncic. But RJ Barrett and Julius Randle are two players with much higher usage than anyone that wasn't Doncic on the Mavericks. And Brunson could theoretically be the third usage guy on this team rather than the second guy that he was in Dallas. I still think he's going to have more assist opportunities and more opportunity to run pick and roll. That is not usage. Remember, you've got to remember what the, when I define usage, it doesn't mean how many pass opportunities you have. It's how many times do you shoot or turn the ball over. But he does have an opportunity to, to have a better season in some areas, but maybe a worse season in some other areas. Two of the other guys who are legitimate breakout candidates, I think they should try and start Quentin Grimes. I think he can develop into a very good 3 and D wing, similar to the guy they previously had in New York and then went to Dallas in Reggie Bullock. A guy that defends well, that can pass a little bit, can be a lead guard at times, can shoot. I don't know whether Tibbs, going back to his stubbornness, will start Grimes over Fournier. And the other guy is Emmanuel Quickly, who put up some really impressive numbers down the stretch. He was really, really good. But Brunson, he's there ahead of Quickly. Rose is still there. Fournier is still there. Grimes is there. How does and the report from Ian Begley is Quickly is going to be playing a larger role? I'm not really sure how it happens. Does Tom Thibodeau, Tom Thibodeau, does he just not play Derek Rose? That would seem highly unlikely to me. Does he have Derek Rose in a, an emergency role, the 11th man who plays occasionally? Again, I find that really hard to believe. Although, in the you know, the, the way that I'm trying to be objective, I am, I am being objective, but he did that with Taj Gibson. He didn't play Taj Gibson unless there were injuries. And if there's someone that he loves as much as Derek Rose, it's Taj Gibson. So he did that last season. We played Robinson and Noel ahead of Taj, and it's only when injuries struck that Taj played. So could he have that move with Rose and then go with a Brunson, Fournier, Grimes, quickly combination? Rose is just sort of there, mentoring, 14th season, I think it is for Derek Rose. 
can't play full minutes, can't play full games. That would enable quickly more. Now, I'm not really convinced that Thibodeau is going to do that because Rose actually was really good last season. He wasn't washed at all. And that's going to give Tom Thibodeau, no matter what anyone says to him, this is what my criticisms are of him, no matter what anyone says, he's going to do things his way and he doesn't care about how it doesn't jive with anything the front office does, which is the recipe for a coach getting fired after three seasons. We'll see if he lasts the third season here. But they are some interesting breakout options. Sleepers. I think Jalen Brunson is just getting drafted too late. Now, I can throw out every concern that I have about maybe he doesn't see this big usage spike because of Randall and Barrett. And that that's I still hold true to that. But his ADP is 97 on ESPN. That'll start to come down, I imagine, because his rank on their recent rank updates is at 62. That might be too high. But at the moment, his ADP, Jalen Brunson, is at 97. That is, uh, yeah, that's his ADP. His category, uh, his points rank is um, 62. But interestingly, his category league rank is 89. So they're not adjusting him really there much at all. And that's basically where he was last season. Reminder, he did play 32 minutes a night last season. So Thibodeau could give him 36. And I think he's a guy that, you know, round five, round six, you look at Brunson. And ADP 97 is great. On Yahoo, it's at 78, so there's still value there. And it's 70 on Fantrax. So there's maybe still some value there as well. Let's uh, see if he takes it from here. And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. RIP, not RIP to that soundbite. Well, not RIP to Mitch Robinson, but the AFL Mitch Robinson, which that soundbite has been based on, he retired. I don't think it was necessarily his choice, but he was sort of told to retire. And uh, so he's out of the AFL. That soundbite will live on, though. Robinson is at ADP 87 on Yahoo. That's maybe too high, but with Rob Williams going down, Jaron Jackson being out, Porzingis being doubtful, you know, always iffy. Blocks are hard, and that might put Rob, push Robinson higher. And if you punt free throws, he probably is in that area. So I don't mind that at 187. Fantrax is at 106, about right. ESPN's got him at 120. That's too low for me. Way too low. Again, it's certain teams only, but it only takes one team that grabs him in round eight. And they probably could. Now, there is the risk, as I detailed earlier, that Hartenstein's a better player than him. And Robinson only really works for field goals, rebounds, and blocks. And that's it. But you still might need those numbers. Hartenstein has an uh, ESPN ranking of uh, nothing. Not ranked. On Yahoo, he's at 137 ADP. Fantrax, 127. And I think that's probably about right. I like taking him in round 12 or round 13 and seeing what the, how it all pans out. He's really good. He was like a top 70 player in 22 minutes, I think, after the All-Star break for the Clippers last season. One of the best rim protectors in the NBA. He can pass, he can score, he can rebound, he blocks shots. He's really good. I'd love for him to play 28 minutes. That's not going to happen. But he's just not ranked on ESPN. So that's a great pick there. And then there's two guys in this team who are significantly better in points leagues than category leagues. And one of those is the double royal, Julius Randle. And the other one is Rowan Barrett. I think that Randall, whose ADP is 58 on Yahoo and Fantrax is 64. I think that for a points league, I think for a points league, that is, that's probably a little bit, hmm. I, I, think, it's, I think it's a little bit too low. In a points league, he can be because he racks up points, rebounds, assists, the biggest contributors to points league production. Yeah, he was 28th in Yahoo points leagues last season. Randall was 51st in ESPN. Notice his ESPN ADP is not as favorable. It's at 
His ESPN ADP is at 48. Not as favorable. But on Yahoo, in points leagues and fan tracks, you love it. Same with Ron Barrett, who is a really bad category league player. Ron Barrett ranked, and here's your LOFB bowl question for the day. Ron Barrett ranked 211th last season. Barrett ranked 211th last season. Ron Barrett, that's the answer. They ranked 211th. Put that in the body of the email. Ron Barrett ranked 211th in category leagues. Why? Gets no steals, no blocks, low assists, low threes, low field goal percentage, low free throw percentage on volume. And those things hurt. He's a scorer, sure. But what else does he do? He has had exactly zero top 120 fantasy seasons in his three years. He's had one top 200 season. Um, And he's one of those ones where the difference between points leagues and category leagues is important because his ADP on Yahoo is 89. It's insane. On fan tracks, it's 94. It's insane but it's insanely low. Ha ha, tricked you. Because in a points league, he's better than that. He's way better than that. He was 72nd last season. I do expect a jump up. That was on Yahoo. I, I, th- I think he gets better than this. He's 106 on ESPN. That's value in a points league. But in a category league, we'll talk about that in a second. He is underranked in for points leagues. So it's like the failure of ADPs and site rankings with a play like this, where they try to sort of split the middle and it ends up providing value and stay away on the other side and he's sort of in the middle and what's the point of it? It's like when I talked uh, Andrew Wiggins on the Warriors show a few days ago. Barrett's actually ranked on ESPN for points leagues. This is You want to know something insane about ESPN? Here we go. ESPN had put out rankings for points leagues and categories. In points leagues, RJ Barrett's ranked 130th. He was 103rd last season. As I just detailed, he was outside the top 200 in category leagues. Um, where do you think... I'm just going to bring it up. Where do you think he's ranked in the category league rankings? You'll never guess it unless you already know. 64th. I'm sorry. What? 64th. I know I'm going off tangent here, but that, that's staggering to me. But anyway, Barrett and Randall are sleepers for points leagues. That was... A little unhinged. I apologize. Busts. I wouldn't you know it. It's Randall and Barrett. Because in a category league, I don't want to take Julius Randall at pick 58 on Yahoo. And I definitely, for the love of God, don't want to take him at 48 on ESPN. Why would I want to do that? Do I expect him to bounce back from where he was? I think he actually might. There's a chance he gets worse than where he was last season. Where he was 63rd. I'm not taking him at 48. And then Barrett, as I said... 211th. So 89 is insane. 94 is insane. 106 is insane. 62 is... You might want to have a look at what you're talking about because that's there's no way. There's no way you would even bother doing it there. Why would you? What's improving? And then, I think Mitch Robinson might be a bit of a bust for points leagues because it's very different, isn't it? I said Yahoo got him at 87. I like that for a sleeper. But in a points league, I'm not taking Mitch Robertson at 87. Have I lost my mind? He was 110th last season in points leagues. I'm not taking him at 87. Like ESPN, his ADP is 120. That's totally fine. And that makes sense for points leagues. It doesn't for category leagues, but it makes sense for points leagues. That's why it's understanding your format and how everyone plays out in it versus just looking at a rank or looking at an ADP and getting guided by that. Because with this team in particular... You're going to get dicked. There are so many weird numbers here. 
So who do we take in the last round of drafts? There's three guys I look at here on this team. Grimesy, who I'm souring a little bit on that. I did like the opportunity for him if he went to Utah, but he's not. But he's I'm not sure he's going to get enough touches or get enough sort of steals or peripheral stats to make it happen. I'd much rather take it on Isaiah Hartenstein or on Emmanuel Quickly, who I do think, if they give Quickly 27 minutes a night, he's a clear top 100 op- option. Hartenstein played 27 minutes, that's top 60. Yeah, it's more likely to happen for Quickly than Hartenstein. And it really depends on what you want. But if they're both available in the last round, they both are very, very good options to take there. So let's look at the roster. The burner, Jalen Brunson, should start at point guard. I think it'll be Fournier because Tom Thibodeau, the man's stubborn, won't shave his head. RJ Barrett, Julius Randle, and Mitchell Robinson. Um, that's how I think they'll start. But of course, of course, it could be Grimes instead of Fournier. It could be quickly, maybe. Doubt it. At least quickly would give you some solid shooting in there. Um, talked about Brunson a lot as like a fifth or sixth round player. Fournier, I'm just not going to bother. I think the upside is so low, and I do think there's a chance he'd lose his minutes um, and doesn't start. He was 165th in 29 minutes last season. He really struggled. Even if he improves from that or maintains that level, what's the point of drafting him in a 12-team league? It doesn't exist. As I said with Barrett, he's been bad. But, now I would never take him at those ADPs in a category league. I would take him in round 11 or round 12 because scoring is really hard to get. It's really hard to find players who can score. Now, you have to understand that you'll have low steal, block, rebound, assist, free throws, and field goals with below-average three-pointers. He helps you in one category, and he's average in maybe one other, and that's rebounds. Maybe he improves. He's one of the worst finishers at the rim in the NBA. He can be a better three-point shooter, and that improved over the back end of last season. And I would take him. I wouldn't take him at 200. I wouldn't avoid him in 12-team leagues. I would take him in round 11 or 12. Randall, yeah, I don't know. Randall's sliding in drafts for me. Like, I know that I just said he's 80 pound ESPN's 48. Like, I've seen him available in the 90s. I saw him in the hundreds in a draft. And there, I take him. You have to deal with the issues with, again, the bad field goal and free throw percentage. But I'm okay with that. And Robinson, we've spoken about. We've spoken about Hartenstein and Quickly. I think Quickly does have top 100 upside. The likelihood just depends on Thibodeau. And there's Derek Rose. Derek Rose has an ADP of 140 on Yahoo. I, I wouldn't waste that there at all. Um, weirdly, he's ranked at 294 on Yahoo, which doesn't make any sense. His ADP is 137 at ESPN. You wouldn't bother with that either. And again, he maybe he just doesn't play. That's a possible possibility. And then Grimesy. I don't have Grimes projected as a top 200 player. I think there's serious breakout potential for him to play good minutes and to be much better than that. But with the uncertainty around all of these guards, the addition of Brunson, the Fournier, the Rose... McBride, all those guys. I find that really hard to expect. But I guess we'll find out, won't we? Hopefully we get a little bit more clarity on that in the coming um, days. Obi Toppin. Much like Emmanuel Quickly, down the stretch last season, he was really good. Julius Randle sat, Toppin started, played well. But where's he going to play? I would say that, you know, if it was a normal team, if he was getting traded, I'll take a flyer on him. He's got an okay fantasy game, can block some shots occasionally, points, rebounds, some threes. It's, it's there, and we saw it. But Robinson and Hartenstein will play almost every minute at center. Randall will play 37 minutes. So what does Toppin get? 11? 12? Do you believe that Tom Thibodeau will bench Julius Randall 
so he can play 25 minutes of Obi Toppin. And your answer, you should be screaming, of course I don't. I am a person in full control of my mental faculties. It's just not likely to happen. If it happens, I will happily say, shit, I was wrong. Thibodeau adjusted. I'm not saying, I don't even think that Toppin is necessarily that good of a player or that he's better than Randall. He might fit better than Randall next to Brunson and Barrett. That might make sense, but Tom doesn't care about that. So where is the path to his minutes? We want to watch it. We want to see what happens with Toppin. But like, it's so hard to see that value appearing. I don't want to hear any more about Obi-Wan. All right, no more. Jericho Sims, is he just Mitchell Robinson but paid less? Maybe. He's really athletic, good shot blocker, good field goal percentage guy. He won't play. Cam Reddish, speaking of won't play, the front office traded a first round for him, didn't bother talking to the coach about it, and Thibodeau went, Reddish isn't very good. Now, that's what I'm talking about, the disconnect between these two. I actually side with Tom Thibodeau. I don't think Cam Reddish is very good. He's inefficient. He needs the ball. He struggles at times defensively. He gets missing. He's inconsistent. He gets injured. I don't see the rotation role for him this season either. Apparently, he wants to be traded out again. I don't have any faith in Cam Reddish. And I don't think, if this team stays as they are, that he's going to play very much. But some people really believe in him. They also just signed Sfema Hiluk. Um, Yeah, he's a guy that should be a good shooter, but isn't or hasn't shown it to be consistently. There's no room for him here. Juice McBride, I really like Juice long-term. Good point guard in the Marcus Smart-ish sort of role. Is Daquan Jeffries, Ferron Hunt, and Trevor Keels. Speaking of Marcus Smart, role uh, Trevor Keels is that guy. But these guys, Jeffries, Hunt, Keels, they might play four minutes a night for 10 games. Thibodeau does not use these players. McBride started to crack some rotation, but then just went, as soon as players got healthy, he disappeared again. You're not going to see much of these guys at all this season because that is the Thomas Thibodeau Esquire experience. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter and tell me how much of a Knicks hater I am. Drop it in the comments of YouTube below. Follow on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and Odyssey. YouTube, subscribe, bell, dingling it up the middle. You know what to do. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.